You're listening to Because We're Dangerous, a Dark Matter podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. We're talking about episode four of Dark Matter. And while we will talk about anything and everything from episode four, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. First, we're going to give our quick reviews, then we'll talk about notable elements and stuff that made us happy in this episode, and then we'll conclude by discussing the questions we have after watching this week. So let's get started with our quick reviews. Uh, This episode was pretty good. Um, I thought it brought up more questions and answers, as a series will do when it's it's building up its momentum. And I think that uh, Joseph Malazzi has mentioned that it's going to do that all season. And there were some good bits of, of humor, and I enjoyed seeing a backstory building for four, and of course, two being a badass in that fight scene. But um, a little more android for me would have been good. <laughs> I'm so shocked, Danny. I didn't enjoy this episode as much as last week's, but there were some good character moments and some humor, as you mentioned, Danny, which I appreciate. Yeah, there were definitely moments in this episode that I did enjoy. I thought it introduced some good questions, but it really lacked dramatic tension for me. There was a lot of characters sitting around in this episode. I wish that maybe one of the little story threads had had a bit more sustained dramatic tension. Did you not like the dramatic tension of Six, like, and whether or not he would get in to see the doctor? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when he held up his number, it was number 63. I'm like, oh, you mean it's not number 69? (laughs) No, Annie. Annie, why would it be a That's a different why, kind of why? show, Annie. I don't know if it's if it's just every single scene I see set in a waiting room is going to remind me of Beetlejuice, but I was reminded of Beetlejuice <laughs> with six waiting around and the commercials playing on the TV. It it yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. There was a, a layer of surreality to it. Mm-hmm. Surrealism, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Yeah, the set design was very different in the doctor's office. Yeah, very white. I will say something I did really enjoy about this episode. It was a lot more colorful than the episodes based more on the ship have been. Like in the marketplace, there was lots of beautiful colored lanterns and lights and stuff like that. Yes. But it was really actually jarring to see Six walk into the doctor's room. It was like he was walking into a completely different show with like that pastel green and the doctor with his with his kind of old-fashioned looking bow tie. I was like, did, mm-hmm. did he step into Pleasantville? And like regular lighting. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. overhead lighting yeah. instead of like wall lighting. Everywhere else has wall lighting. Have you noticed? Yes. So it was interesting, too. It had a, a different visual aspect to it, this episode did. And we had like the gauzy curtains in the club, whereas we'd had, you know, just the hard really sterilized looking walls of the ship. So it definitely pr- provided some some interesting visual elements. I Speaking thought. of that club, apparently dubstep is still a thing in the future in space. <laughs> I was going to say. I missed that point. <laughs> dubstep is the, is the soundtrack for the space stations of the future. <laughs> <sighs> Except they call them oldies probably, right? Good point. <laughs> Good point. But I think the moment of this episode that was the <gasps> dun 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 moment for me was the reveal about Four's potential backstory. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, patricide. That's not good to be wanted for that. And he's royal. He looks kind of royal. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's not good to be wanted for patricide. <laughs> There's well, a little, little bit of wisdom from Annie. <laughs> well, it's not. It's a, it's a big warrant. As opposed to just regular murder, patricide is pretty bad. If you are mur- murdered your dun, royal dun, father. Dun. Don't kill your father. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> but 
it's it's patricide and regicide then, right? It's a double whammy. Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean that four is the one whose memory we we got from five earlier? With the Oh yeah, with, with the, carving the, um, out their eyes and stuff. In the castle. Yes. I could see four doing that given what we know about him now. Because mm-hmm. he's so unnerving at times and so dangerous with all his skill set. And he does have a thing for knives. Do we think that he did actually kill his father, though? Or is it possible he was Framed? not responsible for that? Yeah. I don't think we know enough. Yeah, we just don't. I, my, my guess was to say maybe it wasn't him because it, it just sounds... With the complexities of the story and their memories being wiped and us not knowing so much about what's behind that um, as an audience yet. I think maybe that's too easy of an answer. So he, he could have, but he also could have very easily been framed. They all could have. That was my other know. thought as well, that maybe it wasn't actually him who had committed the thing because they there was the whole suspected thing, right? Like they don't necessarily know. Right. And the thing that I thought of immediately when he saw that news clip was, ooh, do you really want to keep searching for your memories at this point? I mean, I think you have you do have this tension for all of the characters where it's like, do you want to go searching for these memories? Because you have evidence that you were not good people. So do you want to be like two who just wants to put a very firm divider between who she is now and who she used to be? Or... Do you want to go searching for answers? No. But my question is, is GNN a reliable network source? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have good reporting? I I would prefer if he had gotten it off of a galactic public radio. I think they would be better. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that GNN thing, that GNN logo, and I'm all, I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> Too much exaggeration. <laughs> They're saying he killed, decapitated, or maimed a hundred people when it was really just one. They blew it out of proportion. But speaking of two, we got that really fantastic fight scene for her. But the thing that I really liked about it was that, yeah, it was a cool fight scene, but I liked that it was such a character moment for both her and Five. Yes. Seeing how that violence that's inside her came out, mm-hmm. like it, it clearly shook both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it took me a a rewatch to see how much it affected two, not just five. But I I liked how two kind of automatically went into, you know, that fight or flight mode only after five was attacked, but Mm -hmm. was still trying to negotiate and still not even negotiate. She was just like, I'm going to take my money because she's that much of a badass. She'll go into that mode, but it seems reluctantly or only when her life is threatened. So. I mean, I don't even think it was something she consciously thought, right? Like, like it was just a reaction because, mm-hmm. you know, here's somebody I'm protective of. They're getting attacked by this person. So she goes in to, I don't know, defend, I guess, as much as anything, right? She went in mm-hmm. as, as a defense thing. I'm going to take out this person who's trying to attack baby bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> green baby bird. <laughs> and I, I noticed I was paying attention this time or I was paying attention on a rewatch. And okay, she she throat punched that guy, which pleased me like a lot. <laughs> I like it when people throat. Pu- anyway, you like it when people get throat punched. Don't oh need to God. know that about me. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna start calling you four, Chris. <laughs> but I'm much more of a two. Anyway, <laughs> it's 
So, so I have to worry about getting airlocked by Stephanie and getting throat punched by Chris. Jeez. But I'm sorry, Chris. You enjoyed the throat punch. What were you going to say because after that? He attacked, uh, because he attacked five, right? That's right. why I appreciated the throat punch. Incidentally, I, I said that on Twitter, and one of the stunt guys from Dark Matter favorited it. Anyway. <laughs> but she was only fighting them like injuring them until one of the guys pulled a knife. That's true. And right. she got a hold of that knife and that's when everybody ended up dead. They escalated it. Yeah, I, I don't think she would have gone to a lethal option if she hadn't been forced to. Exactly. She wouldn't have been as thorough as she puts it yeah. unless they had brought out the knife. My thought was is that it was also there was just too many of them, so she had to use lethal force with some of them just so they could get out of there alive. Again, as much as anything, I think it was just automatic response. This is, mm -hmm. you know, she wasn't even thinking about it. It was strictly yeah. self-preservation, I think. Instinct, as Four says. Yeah. Yeah, going back to what you were saying, Annie, I do think that from what we've seen of Two, she is capable of force and of using violence, but that's option two for her always. She mm -hmm. tries to use logic and reason and negotiation first. She is very strategic, of course, we also got this introduction via the commercial in the waiting room of this idea of clones. And obviously, that was kind of a frivolous use of clones. We know that, you know, one is not Jace Corso or something's going on with one, right? Yeah. And so they introduced this possibility of maybe he's a clone. Because I was thinking last week, maybe twin, but we see by their interaction, Jace is not treating this guy like he's his twin brother that he knew about, at least. So... I don't know. That was interesting, though, because I thought, oh, so he's a clone. But then he, they qu very quickly are like, you can't be a clone. The clones only last two that days. They know unless, of. unless he's a special kind of clone, you know, that can stave off being dead after 72 hours and just live for a really long time. And he's a special clone like Sarah on Orphan Black and has got all kinds of stuff in <laughs> well, and, and is going to have lots of babies. Yes. <laughs> Science babies. <laughs> that sounded weird. Or the possibility that he was surgically altered to look like one. Or Jace Corso. Well, and this is my other question, though. Do we think that guy really is Jace Corso? See, that's where it got confusing, because he's going through all these possibilities of, oh, you're a clone, or you were surgically altered, but who do we know is the real Jace Corso? And if Jace Corso is evil slash... Mascara guy, Jace Corso, then who's the guy on the ship? He looked much less eye makeup-y this episode. Yes, he though. did. He so did. so Here, he here's it my down. new suggestion for a designation for this other guy who looks like one. Hair gel Jace. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that I want to call him Jace since we don't specifically know that he is Jace Corso. Yeah. So I'm thinking we'll call him Hair gel Jace for now. Okay. I have to dis as much as I appreciate the android and I thought she was adorable in this episode, I have to disagree with her. I do not think that hairstyle suits him. No. <laughs> and somebody did tweet, well, if she can smell pheromones, couldn't she sense that Jace Corso on the ship wasn't one? Yeah, I didn't buy that she wouldn't have noticed that wasn't the same guy. I thought that was a bit of a stretch. And I think that Joseph Malazzi tweeted back to the person, well, she has to be actively looking for it or searching for the pheromones. I don't know. But the, the same time, you know, the, the Android, I would imagine, records a lot of data and has yeah. access to a lot of data. Wouldn't she at least be like, you're wearing a different coat or something exactly. like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem very odd that there would be no 
acknowledgement that anything was different other than the hair. Yeah, but maybe that'll come into play later that she might say, well, I recorded something in my databanks when I don't know. But I did find it interesting that Hera Jace didn't seem to know anything about what was going on with one and the wiped memories either. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a bit of a surprise And that he didn't believe it when he's been searching for answers. Because especially with the reveal at the end of last episode, you think, oh, clearly he's up to something. He's part of what happened to the guys on the ship. Like, oh, like he's the one that wiped their not. memories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His smoky eyes threw you off. <laughs> <laughs> Though clearly he was still evil in this episode. Well, gas mask, first appearance. Mm-hmm. Does anybody think that gas mask made him look like a Power Ranger? It totally did to <laughs> it me. It did! It did! <laughs> I was like, it's Power Ranger number five. Or whatever, <laughs> the gold one. The gold one, really. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sorry, I haven't watched Power Rangers. <laughs> Definitely not the pink one. I also found one's reaction to the reveal of Jace kind of odd, because he was still convinced that he had nothing to do with the memory wipe. And he's probably right, because it seems like that'd be too obvious a direction for the writers to go i don't know however the fact that he wasn't even willing to consider it yeah when you're faced with a guy who looks like you this is really strange and yet you're not considering it and you're living in denial 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 land and it's not like he knows what the writers are thinking (laughs) exactly (laughs) and then he also he tells three like well i was probably up to something far more interesting than wiping your memories what does that mean (laughs) that's pretty interesting one (laughs) i know Far more interesting, like wanting to kill you. It's kind of the main point of the plot line one. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the most interesting part of the show. <laughs> Though I know he doesn't know what the writers are thinking. Maybe he does. <laughs> plot twist. Are you saying that one is actually Joseph Malazzi, Chris? Is this what you're saying? Hmm. So what about the android? <laughs> so, so lonely. She just wants to be needed and loved. Especially, she just wants to talk to people. Especially after she offered for psychiatric counseling, and I'm waving my hand going, I would like psychiatric counseling from you. But <laughs> And then he's like, no. And then he leaves, and the camera stays on the android. She does that little sad move where she just looks down. Yeah. And I'm all, oh, android. android. She looked like she was about to turn off. She was so despondent. And why do they keep leaving the android behind? I don't I don't quite get she's it. Very, she is a very reliable source of information. And... Yeah, she's useful and strong and yeah, awesome. Maybe is it is it not customary perhaps for people to travel with androids? Would it is it maybe that they would stand out if they mm. had her? Well, did you listen to all the information that was being rattled out by the computer when Six went into the waiting room and it was talking about we can customize your android height, sex, hair color. Androids though are something about they were uh, they're not supposed to imitate humans or have that kind of personality, which is designated by a barcode, or mention something about the barcode. You have to turn on the captioning during that scene, and all this like stuff spouted out, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. But it mentioned the barcode in relation to androids, so I'm wondering, is the android on the ship like an illegal kind of android, or an android beyond just like a typical android? Because as five reference, you know, ours is kind of different. Hmm. I'll have to go back and listen to what they say. I didn't. Yeah, it was kind of, there's a lot of, in those scenes, the computer is rattling off a lot of information, which I think might come back later, you know, because it's telling us about the clones and everything. And I had to watch those scenes several times on rewatch with the captioning on just to process all of that information because the clone storyline is a little confusing with 
well, is one a clone? Is he surgically altered? Is, you know, there's so many possibilities that are being thrown up. So it's a lot of it. This episode had a lot of information just being talked about. So it took a lot to, it's taking me a bit to amass it and wonder how it's going to relate down the line. Cause that's what Joseph Malazzi keeps saying. Well, pay attention to this cause it's going to come back later in the season. I did notice he kept saying that during the episode. Yeah. I'm kind of hoping that he's not a clone, but that's probably just me being a super orphan black fan and wanting to be like, if you do clones, they're not going to be as good as the orphan black clones. <laughs> no, they are not. Her clones are inferior. <laughs> there are only one set of clones in Canada that are awesome, and those are all played by Tatiana Maslany. And then Stephanie says, they, they made Kasima House, and it's just been downhill since. <laughs> Right, I'm I'm kidding though. They can do clones Are if you? they want to do clones. They're just they're just not going to be as good as Tatiana Maslany. You know what though? I mean, it could be that one is played by Tatiana Maslany. He's just going to take off the face mask, and it's Tatiana uh-huh. Maslany underneath. And we're like, oh, we, we knew it. We figured it out. Yes, <laughs> that would have been a great reveal. I wouldn't have that seen w- that coming. I know. Mm-hmm. So one thing that made me really really happy this episode, even though it is people sitting around, <laughs> the gambling duo of two and five. Yes. Five was really cute in this episode. I I found her very endearing. I actually really enjoyed that scene where she was watching the... Was it... Where's the shell? Was that what the... The P or whatever. Yeah. That's what it was. That's a really big P. That's the biggest P I've ever seen. I know. <laughs> oh, P. I would have called it just a ball. Yeah. It, in the olden days, it was a P, but... So I think uh, it's just maybe tradition that you call it the P, but it was not a P. It was a wooden ball. Maybe in the future they grow peas really, really big. But I like that the guy just got super frustrated and picked up his cups (laughs) and his pee and left. (laughs) I know. I I like those shots of five when she was just watching the cups go back and forth and she's cocking her head and she's like, I've totally got to figure it out. And then how smart two is to pick up on it. And she goes, I see an opportunity. Come on. And they go into the casino. Which almost worked out and would have worked out if the casino bosses weren't dicks. <laughs> yeah, I like that she pointed out that, though, because he was saying, oh, you're cheating, you're counting cards. And she says, that's skill. How is that cheating? That's my argument, too, because I've heard, it's like, it's it's not, not, I've heard people say line. that. It's not cheating so much as like paying attention. <laughs> yeah, like, you are putting all the cards up. People just, they're just paying attention. Some people can do that. That's a skill. That's not cheating. In my opinion. Okay. I know that it is considered cheating, at least in some casinos, and I just think that's dumb. Well, because they're losing money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure the casinos think otherwise. That was my thought. But yeah, I I was disappointed that they didn't get away with the money. It's like they they were so worse off, as Sick said, afterwards. Yep. At least they got gas, right? They got gas. Gas is good, so they can at least physically get away. I mentioned that six in the waiting room reminded me of Beetlejuice. Another reference that I think they were going for, but maybe it was just me, was there was a conversation at the very beginning between three and five where five was talking about, oh, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this. I I found her adorable in that, her enthusiasm adorable in that. Yeah. And then three says to her, you know, you're cut your hand off, kid. Yeah. And I think that was a Christmas story reference because it's like, I want a whatever six action rifle and they always tell them you know you shoot your eye out kid yeah so i think they were going for a christmas story reference there and that made me happy i know i uh, tweeted about it yesterday i'm all christmas story probably i liked that her list started off with with work gloves and goggles though yeah mm-hmm. you're such a nerd five i, I like know. you <laughs> such an adorable nerd yeah I, and i really liked it was less of a happy making moment than just a 
sweet moment where at the very end where two tries to talk to five about what happened and five walks off because she's upset. And when six asks what's wrong with her, two says she's absolutely normal, which is a problem on the ship. And mm-hmm. I like that line. Me too. Well, it goes back to six talking to two earlier in the earlier episode where he's like, we've got to get five off the ship. We're bad news. And now yeah. that five has seen it for herself from probably from the person she trusted the most or, you know, because two is such a leader and so level headed, that's why it freaks her out so much. It freaked me out. It freaked two out, I yeah, think. It, so. Yeah, it did. Speaking of two, I liked it when <laughs> when two basically said the exact same thing to both one and three about why she paired them up. And when after she said it to three, she just like rolled her eye. <laughs> well, for a minute, I was wondering if there was, you know, if there was something behind that where she doesn't trust either of them, or if she's just being prudent just so that they keep their eyes on each other by saying the same thing to them. I think she was lying to three. But not lying to one. Mm-hmm. I think one is so much of a goody-goody that he's more trustworthy than three would be. Yeah. Well, that we well, know Well, two basically of. says at the end of the episode that she trusts one, that he wouldn't run off with the money right. and leave them. Mm-hmm. But I, I like that <laughs> I like that she used the exact same speech for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then was just like, I can't believe three bought that. <laughs> uh, the other thing I liked was the... You know, three and one were arguing the whole episode, but, you know, at least they were being able to uh, communicate when they were being sarcastic. Now I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> and then the whole argument of shift. No, that was a tilt, not a shift. But that was, and I'm like, work together, guys. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't think shift is the base is the best word to use. I wouldn't know what he meant by shift, personally. Yeah. Scoot would be more accurate, probably. Scoot, thank you. I scoot, was thinking okay. scoot. But it implies better. a less uh, less of a movement than violently rocking the chair onto its side. I liked three being sarcastic. I think, honestly, three is better at being sarcastic than one is. One is like aspires to be as good at sarcasm as three is. Yeah. But I, I liked when they landed on the floor and three was just like fantastic. <laughs> it, that got a huge laugh out of me. This episode was directed by Amanda Tapping, who was an actor, I believe, on Stargate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she's, I think she still is acting, but she's been doing more directing in recent years. Mm-hmm. And so a, a nod to her direction, I liked that in the, on rewatch, I realized that in the, in the club, she had one and three sitting back to back in the little armchairs as they're talking. And it was clearly on repeat watch, foreshadowing of them being tied up back to back later on by Jace. Good call. But I, I heard it uh, commented on, why is three such a wimp when it comes to pain? Wait, wait, wait hold on, let me get my brother. <laughs> and then one just zaps him again. I'm like, come on, three, man, man up. Honestly, I think it would have been worse if he knew it was coming. Yeah, right? exactly. I feel like it was actually better that one just surprised him. Mm-hmm. That was a dumb plan, though, right? <laughs> it was. It was so dumb. <laughs> well, what else would they have used, though? There was nothing, I don't know. They got out of there, so it worked, but... Yeah, they had they did not have a lot of options, but it, it did seem like a dumb plan. Yeah. Annie mentioned it earlier, but I liked the exchange between the Android and Four, mainly because I feel like we haven't seen them interact one on one before. Mm-hmm. I like that he was clearly polite to her, even though he wanted nothing to do with it. Because three, I think, would have just yelled at her to be, you know, to shut up and leave him alone. As is three's way. As is three's way. But I like that four, even though he clearly just wanted to leave, he was still polite to her. Mm-hmm. But then he still says his class is what's becoming his classic no. 
<laughs> you know, when he cut, oh, when he cuts five <laughs> off, do you have anything to sell? No. Okay. And then he shuts the door. <laughs> he manages to say so much with so little words. Like, yes. <laughs> but I, th- I swear it was like the longest line he ever had when he was trying to pawn the ring. You know, I'm looking for this ring and I'm trying to find out more about, and I'm like, wow, I think that's the most he's ever said in a lo- in one sentence. But that was very interesting before we knew what f- at the end of the episode what Four's Googling the family name. What was the name he was looking at? His family name? Ashida. Ashida. At first, all you have is the pawn guy saying, well, this is, wow, this is a great knockoff. And then he's like, oh, wait, this is real. I don't want any part of this. I thought that was a very interesting intro to what we find out later. Yeah, I liked that we learned more about the ring but it it wasn't just like, and here is Forrest's backstory. I feel like there's still stuff to unravel with him, but they didn't leave that piece of the mystery hanging for too long. They went ahead and they gave us some momentum on, oh, what does the ring mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and whose was it? Was it Four's ring or his father's ring? Mm. Did he cut off his hand and take the ring? Because I can see Four doing that. Although now I'm curious because the, I don't know, pawnbroker or whoever he was that he went to mm-hmm. seemed to know about the ring and who it belonged to. So why would he not recognize Four? It's true. Well, if he's a pawnbroker, it would make sense that he would know a lot about objects, but not necessarily watch the news every night and recognize faces. Okay. Or maybe he'd go home and look it up if one of those had been stolen or whatever. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe he looked into it later, but he did seem to want to be in denial. Like, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. Get it away from me. Yeah. I'm just saying. Potentially, that could have been risky. Moving into questions that we have after this episode. I, I, you know, we mentioned before wondering if Four actually did kill his father or maybe he was just set up. And I think we have a lot of questions around Jace and One. And just what does it mean that Jace Corso or sorry, hair jail Jace had no <laughs> knowledge of one. What was one up to before the, the memory wipe and thinking about the fact that he, he had that pendant. If it's possible, he was actually a plant of Rothgar's after all, but that seems, that seems very elaborate of a thing to do for mm-hmm. a, a very short term thing. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. yeah. it was just that one planet. I don't know. Did y'all have any thoughts about Rothgar at all no. after? No, just me. Okay, I, I'm just more wondering who, if one is a clone, who made him? If Jace Hairgel Jace doesn't know about him, but if he is a clone, how is he lasting more than three days? Again, nobody seems to know who's behind the whole overarching. Why are their memories wiped? And now, where is this extra one come from? <laughs> Maybe he's an android. It's true. But then I, because I, I mentioned that. Last week, I thought, but then I feel like the android would have realized he wasn't. That's true. Maybe he's an <clears throat> android that, no, I said that last week, too. <laughs> yeah. Android type Terminator. Yeah, like a like a cyborg. And I keep wondering, well, if one has a clone or Jace Corso has a clone, does everybody have a clone? Because there's a reason why everybody was on that ship. Right, because that was the other big reveal of Transfer Transit was that they can move memories into one of the clones, and then back out of the clones, so. In that commercial, they very clearly mentioned memories, as well as you will still have all your skills, or what- Faculties. The fact that we've seen very clearly they all know how to fight, and things like that. Yeah, I did have that thought, too, is if maybe all of them have a double out there. 
But it seems like transfer transit has to have something to do with all this stuff, though, right? Yeah, obviously. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put so much screen time into it. But then, what is the purpose of transfer transit just in itself? Just to go on a 72-hour vacation? And too bad, you can't do it longer than that because your clone's gonna... Have you ever seen Total Recall, Annie? Yeah, I know. I think it's the same idea. Like, oh, okay. Go live some other life for a little while and... But Transfer Transit seems to be purely, the way the commercial presented it, just purely for, like, uh, recreation or travel. Not necessarily for nefarious purposes that it seems to be with this, with one and Jace Corso. It could be that Transfer Transit was just a convenient way, that commercial was a convenient way to introduce the concept of clones in this world, and that the company in and of itself might not have anything to do with what's happening long-term. Because it, it could be that it's just that company, this is how they use cloning technology, right. is offering people ways to travel. So it could go either way. It could be that transfer transit is important as to what's going on now, but it could just be that was a convenient way to say, hey, there's clones in this world. Right. I yeah. should clarify that I'm not necessarily specifically meaning transfer transit, but rather the technology involved yeah. in transfer transit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. I think that that's a good conclusion or logical conclusion. Yeah. Because like a lot of technology gets developed for like military purposes and stuff and then becomes something commercial. So... Right. Maybe this business with the Raza is the military application that originated all this technology. Exactly. And then three kind of blackmails one into going, well, I covered for you just so you can back me up. But don't you feel like the crew would then automatically say, okay, what's going on? Exactly. Yeah. If they ever agreed on anything. And I don't think that their story is going to be covered for that long. You know, someone, they're going to find out. The rest of the crew is going to find out eventually, you know, sooner rather than later, I think. And I actually feel it would go a little bit against one's character for him to try to lie to the crew long term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think he's going to have issues with it. I had the question at the very end of the episode when Six very kindly was pointing out that, yeah, things got a little messed up this trip. Two mentions that, oh, yeah, and we didn't even get to do research while we were here, so we don't know anything more. Why didn't she direct the android to do research? Exactly. They were all patched in, as she yeah, mentioned. And she was offering to look into stuff for everybody. because well, Offering seemed, psychological yeah. help on the side. Yeah. Seemed a little lonely and without purpose. So. I know. And we've seen, too, use the android, direct the android to do all sorts of stuff. So it surprised me that they that she wouldn't have said, you know, android, look for clues about know, our identity. About yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that she didn't have the foresight to do that. Yeah, because the android just wasn't written for much purpose this week. And then I had a question left over from last week. There was no mention, again, of the dead boy that they found on the ship. So I guess they jettisoned him into space before they got to the space station? I know. They said they were gonna. I thought they were going yeah. to mention him, and I was really surprised, given that they were freaked out about going to a space station with a dead body, that they didn't mention him. So I'm eager to learn more about who the dead boy was and why he died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That did entirely get put on pause this episode. Yeah. I have another random question that I forgot to mention last week, uh, just about the world we're in when five stole three's bullets and she's dropping the bullets on the ground and we've seen before in the firefight in you know with the miners that they seem to be 21st century weapons 
with bullets and everything. And yet, two has got or three has got Bubba, his very powerful five foot gun that needs to be powered up. So it's like, what is the technology in this world with weapons? There's conventional bullets, but there also seems to be space gun type things, blasters, blasters. Shall we call them? Yeah, kind of interesting how there aren't bullets and there are swords still. So maybe it's a transition period in this time. I think Joseph Malazzi mentions about 200 years in the future where they're transitioning from regular guns to space blasters and not everybody has a space blaster because it's just too expensive. I don't know. Well, and I think we definitely saw a drawback to the blasters when Bubba ran out of power. That's true. Bullets aren't going to run out of power. That's true. So it could be they're in an in-between with technology where you still need to charge your blaster weapons. So it's it's still handy to have guns that will fire conventional bullets. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think we have both, for sure. Because uh, that was my question when we were watching the big fight scene in in episode two. And I was like, wait a minute, do they have bullets? I know. Or are they all little yeah. are they blasty all weapons? Blasters? And, yeah. and we conferred on Twitter and we decided that they had both. <laughs> and we got a voicemail from Brett, but I think I might have accidentally deleted it. I couldn't find it when I, go, when I went back to search for it. Sorry about that, Brett. It's a pity. Brett had a really nice voice. But what Brett was asking about were those two missiles that were fired at the Raza in the first episode. Who fired those missiles? And I got to say, as of now, I have no clue, honestly. I don't think that we've gotten any strong hints one way or the other. Yeah, lots of lingering questions from really all the past episodes, I think, at this point. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I wonder where they're going to go. Now that it's obviously hard for them to go to a space station because their DNA gets flagged and they still don't have repairs. They don't seem to have a lot of food or they have nothing left of value to sell. But I like that this is like, it's it's not like a Star Trek type thing. Like, oh, we have a replicator and it can just, you know, do everything. And But um, that it's hard to get supplies that, it, you know, it just adds a more of a grit and reality to living in this world that everything just doesn't come easily just because it's the future and you touch a button and, oh, there's food, there's a new weapon, or whatever. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Send us your feedback to darkmatter at askgenretv.com. Leave a message on our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Or you can record a voice memo with your smartphone and email it to us. We're on Twitter and Tumblr as Dark Matter Pod. And we always keep our weapons fully charged because we're dangerous. Thanks for listening.